It's time for another retro throwback sidetrack bonus episode of The Hive Jive. This episode, originally titled Pure Mated Bloodline, originally aired on Patreon on March 19th, 2020. Enjoy. Hey, all you Hive Jive junkies out there, it's that time again. Join our hosts, John Swan and Ken Milam, for another bonus edition of The Hive Jive. Open up Monday. Do we want to talk about this on air? We can. Well, it's up to me. I put to yeah, you. No, it's me. up to you. <laughs> I mean, up to you. We can talk about your book. We can talk about this. We can no, talk about we'll all do, kinds of things. Let's we'll talk about this. Why did I unplug that? Oh, I don't right. know. I unplugged it because I'm not it was, unplugged. I'm, no, no, I'm no. Un- my my laptop. I had unplugged the laptop. Ding. Yeah. Ding. Ding. Dong. Why did you? Why do you have a pacifier in there? Why did you show me? Why did you show me a pacifier? It's stuck in there. I don't know. I pulled it out. I was like, "What the hell is that?" Oh, here you go. (laughs) I know. I was like, I was like in the middle of talking on the main segment, and I'm like, Ken hands me a pacifier, and I'm like, "What is that supposed to mean?" I just was in my bag. Trying to tell me I'm being a crybaby. You're trying to tell me I need to shut up. Like, what are you? What are you trying to say here, Ken? What is going on? Ow! That hurt. That probably hurt the microphone Mm -hmm. too. The Oh uh, look, you've got a you put a pretty little cap on it for me and everything. Thank you <laughs> for my coffee. Oh yeah, see, taste it. See if it's any good. Oh, uh, you and your liquid candy bar. No, I didn't make a li- liquid candy. Oh, you bar. did not I, make I a liquid made, candy bar. I just made coffee there. Well, hopefully it's got more than just coffee in it. Oh, it's not like mine. Mine's black. Yours is. Oh no, that's good. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. It's not too far from a liquid candy bar. <laughs> no, it's not too far, but it's it's not one of those that go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sugar high. Yeah. Uh, uh, so first off, hello everybody out there. Good hi, morning. Hi patrons. Hey, um, hey y'all. Y'all, hey, y'all doing? Y- y- you're awesome. <laughs> y'all doing? Y'all is so awesome. You y'all show, really awesome. Y'all so awesome. cool. So yeah. so awesome. We just love y'all there. Um, <laughs> yeah. J- who was it? Uh, Jacob. Jacob. Nope. Jacob or okay. Man, see, I go through the week and I read all these things and then I Jacob, forget. I forgot Brent what I read. Stum- well, it could have been it could have been either of the two guys. Okay. But one of them made a comment that I sounded like Gomer Pyle when I said a specific phrase on one of the previous episodes. I think it was Jacob. Um, I could be wrong though, but uh, but anyhow, so Howdy, howdy, howdy. <laughs> howdy ho, neighbor. No. Ooh, man. Uh, he, he didn't say uh, howdy ho. No, uh, no, no, no. Howdy ho is <laughs> What's howdy ho? That's Mr. Hank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's South Park. Yeah. South howdy Park. ho, neighbor. Howdy ho. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, the Christmas poo. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, anyhow. So, welcome to your bonus episode. Um, Jacob gave us a raving review for our last bonus episode, which was our continuation with Mary Reed and our bedazzled bees and bedazzled queens. Uh, Apparently, it was... Bedazzling. The best bonus episode, uh, at least specifically on Patreon, but the the best bonus episode that we have done, so says Jacob. Uh, it made his entire drive that day way better. And <laughs> he way laughed all the way. He la- yeah, all the way, <laughs> yeah. all the way out and back. Um, but yeah, so so thanks. We appreciate that, Jacob. Yep. Um, and so sorry that you ended up driving home in a freaking snowstorm. Yeah. Um, you know, we're looking at record high temperatures where we're about 10 degrees above our average temperatures, and you're driving home in <laughs> one inch yeah, of snow already on the ground. Be, it, it may hit 90 today. I think it's, I don't know. If I don't know. It's, it's going to be low cloudy. 80s. That's supposed to yeah. be. High 70s, low 80s. Yes, yesterday it was high. 
Yeah, yesterday hot. was hot. Yeah. Today, I think, is actually going to be lower than yesterday, but cloudy. it's uh, cloudy. It's going to be kind of cloudy and muggy mm-hmm. out there. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's just kind of just what it is. But anyhow, so mm-hmm. we have lots of crazy things going on, and uh, one of them is, well, obviously the virus, the coronavirus is already kind of wreaking havoc on everything everywhere. I you mean, know what? If you if you eat your Lyme disease, you're you'll be all right with the coronavirus. No, no, it's the eat your Lyme with your corona. You know why you have that's a corona a Lyme. You know why uh, you have a Lyme and a corona? Hmm. To kill the formaldehyde smell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I hope y'all are there, corona drinkers. There's been a lot of. Uh, a lot of cancellations and a lot of like craziness oh, going I, on and we talked yeah. about on the main segment you know everybody like basically raping the stores and taking everything out of them and and whatnot but um just you know it is crazy. it is impacting things now because yes, we've got it is uh you know all the major league sporting events have been postponed or canceled yeah, I mean, um, how, how can you have a basketball game with nobody in the stands yeah it's going to be kind of weird um but what? they're they're going through and they're doing all these different things well it has actually started affecting like the beekeeping industry and, and things like that so for me personally um i've lost out in in just this next week Actually, mm-hmm. the week right now that you guys are the week oh, you're we're in the middle about of restaurants. Well, no, 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 not not restaurants at all. Um, speaking engagements, um, things like that. Oh, so I had multiple speaking engagements this mm-hmm. next week. Well, one of which was the B school that we had done the advertisement for. Oh yeah, um, the B school got canceled, so it's that's canceled. That's then. no longer a thing. The oh, master beekeeper exam has been canceled. That's it's no been longer a thing too. Yep. And I had a speaking engagement. So I was you supposed can to help do. me with my with my <laughs> yeah. packages yep. now. I will be available to do so that. We'll have John um, and me and Max working packages. Yep. But I, I also had another engagement I was supposed to do on Wednesday, and that has also been canceled. And at the moment, there are no reschedulings of these things. So I lost out on a good chunk of change from the B world just in a week, in in one week's time, basically. You got stung. I did get stung. Okay. I got stung by the coronavirus. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, so it's it's just it is having an impact. People need to be aware, be conscious, be courteous to other people out there. Don't be hogs. Don't hoard everything. Make sure that there's enough to go around, and we spread it out appropriately, and everybody will be fine. But um, but yes, it is becoming a serious consideration and on its impact for both livelihoods and whatnot. So if the world would look at it like a bee, it would be a whole lot easier because bees. You know, they're going to all say, hey, we got to live as one, so let's just do it that way. Yeah, they do. And and we don't. People, oh, I need 14 rolls of toilet paper today. Hell, you don't use 14 rolls of toilet paper in a month. What the hell you need it today? Well, if you give me any hell, I want 48 rolls. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway. So you got. (laughs) Oh. You got edumacated. Your yeah. son put a uh, audiobook on your phone for you, mm-hmm. and you've been going through and listening to Tom Seeley. The one you just finished was Honeybee Democracy. Honeybee Democracy. Which that's is, a heck of a show. That's, that's a heck of a book. That's one of my favorite yeah. books out there. It's probably, when I first started going through and learning about bees way back in the day, um, I did not have access to any of the the like really, really good ones. I was literally, I checked out every book that the county library had Mm -hmm. in uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. I read every single one of them Mm -hmm. and went through and ran out of stuff. And obviously, after a little while, everything starts becoming repetitive. Mm -hmm. 
And you might have somebody that has a really good writing style or a good voice mm-hmm. or narr- narrative to stuff, and it makes it engaging and entertaining, and you're learning the stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get another one that basically rehashes the same thing. And so after a little while, I'd open a book and I'd start skimming through it. And I was like, oh, like I already know all this. Well, then when you get into some of the ones like Tom Seeley's books, then you get into some really interesting in-depth knowledge. You learn the language of the bees and you learn how they communicate and what they look for and how they measure and like yeah, all this amazing stuff. I was going to come in here and waggle dance for you and tell you, let's go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, see if I see do. If you can see if I could understand. Um <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's it's awesome. And when you first sent me that message and was like, hey, Max has me going through and learning this, I was like, I told you, I told you afterwards, I was like, man, I was so tempted to respond and be like, it's about damn time you learned something useful. Well, <laughs> he's got me reading, listening to one now, uh, the story of honeybees. All right, it's the hives of bees. And this is different. Let me see the front of that one. The lives, the lives, the of lives, bees. Yeah, of bees. lives of bees. Yeah, the lives of bees. The I untold story my, of the honeybee in the world, and this is also by Thomas Seeley. Okay, um, so that's this a good is, book. Too. This is another one of Tom's books, and see, that's the that's kind of the main point of that is that Tom Seeley is he is like the creme de la creme when it comes to. Um, <laughs> Why are you playing it? Um, so, but, but he's amazing when it comes to the the bee education and, and things out there. And he's going to be well, assuming the coronavirus doesn't cancel all of 2020. Uh, oh my gosh! By the way, funny, 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 funny. UPS like comes to my house. It seems like every day, mm-hmm. but uh, or FedEx or Amazon mm-hmm. or somebody. There's always something being delivered. But the UPS truck pulled up in front of my house yesterday, mm-hmm. and I had to take a picture out of it. At it through the window of the kitchen when I just saw it pull up. Bees pulled in all over Somebody had, you know how like, you know, people write wash me on the truck? Yeah. Somebody had written really big across the side of the truck, just wash your hands, stop buying all the damn toilet paper. (laughs) And then underneath it, it said, breaking news, 2020 has been canceled. And it was written on the side of the UPS truck. And I was just like, oh, my God. And so, like, I'm out there snapping pictures of it, trying to be discreet. But I was like, holy crap, that's hysterical. Um, anyhow, but, I mean, there has been all these cancellations and everything. And it, it could be it could be something that, you know, we're some of the places are like, oh, it's going to be two weeks. Other places are like, no, seriously, this is the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And it's going it to be far, far worse. And it's going to last for months. And if that ends up being the case, I can't say what's going to happen. Saved so, a swarm yesterday. You did. A colony. Yeah. Colony Boy, now. It's a colony Transition now. that sucker right out yeah, of there, didn't it's you? It's a colony. Yes, it is a colony. Um, and we did talk about that on the main segment. Yeah. You and Max went out there and you did that. Now, there were some other things that you wanted to talk about, though, that was in regards to... So you, you have been listening to Honeybee Democracy, and you're Great really book. getting some of that depth of, of knowledge and stuff in there. Oh, yeah. And now you're listening to this, The Lives of Bees, but your son... He's um, the one who got me to re- listen to that. Yeah, and, and and Max is great on on going through and doing that. But your son is also uh, he's listening to the guys that say, "Yeah, you don't want to use formic acid or anything to kill mites because your bees will learn how to do that on their own. Don't use the stuff that makes it easy." But it kind of makes sense if you listen to him because he says, "Dad, what we're doing is." We're changing the way the bees live. I said, hell, we've done that for 40,000 years. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's all our fault. Um, but no, you, so you make a great point there. And, and there, are, there are varying camps 
that have different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. There's like the some of the commercial beekeepers, they don't have time for it. Mm-hmm. Ain't got time, ain't nobody got time for that. Mm-hmm. And so they will still use, unfortunately, the synthetic yeah, chemicals synthetic that are bad. Yeah. Then you've got the polar opposite, and you've got the people that are like, don't treat your bees at all. Right. It's natural. And that's what let they the, say. Let that, the bees yep. go through and let them do it on their own. And they say, and, when, you put, when you treat them, and I'll, I'll cut you off, and I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, when you treat them, you're taking it away from the bees to be able to treat them on their own, and you're thus you're making them where they don't know how to treat them on their own. Yeah, you're you're potentially yes. Um but here's the the middle camp of that is the okay, we don't want to do the really harsh synthetic chemicals, mm-hmm. but we also don't want all of the bees to die. Mm-hmm. So they do what is like integrative pest management and we're going to have uh Lance Wilson on the show here one of these days and mm-hmm. he's going to talk to us about IPM, which is integrated pest management. And that is where you do a lot of different things, some mechanical and some like an organic treatment like Mm -hmm. the formic acid. Now, formic acid is naturally occurring and it is made in certain insects like ants actually make formic acid. Formic acid is also naturally found in honey. So the bees are used to that thing being around, Mm -hmm. but it will kill the mites. And it's one of the only things that kills them below the cappings and above the cappings and on the bees. And like it's Mm -hmm. the best thing that you can kind of do, but it's got some real sharp uh, temperature constraints and stuff to it. Yeah, don't pick it up and stick it up to your yeah, nose. Don't go. do that. <sighs> uh, so, <sighs> and you guys, you know, everybody hears me talk about that out there. And there, there's also, there's been a little bit of confusion on, on one other point that I want to make real quick here. Formic acid is, so what I use is the Mitoway Quick Strips. And the Mitoway Quick Strips is a seven-day treatment, right? That's it. That's what I sent you the other day. Right. Yeah, but it's a the, seven day quit. But yeah. there's now been there's some other companies that are doing it. There's Formic Pro and there's another one out there that you see. Formic Pro of. is longer. And, right. And the and other one is, saying, is seven days also. Yeah, the but the Formic Pro is saying it's a fourteen day treatment. Yes. Which would really make me want to go in and look at what the active ingredients are, look at how it's actually composed, because if it is, it was supposed to be the same thing, but a different company. Yeah. If it's the same thing as the Mightaway Quick Strips mm-hmm. or Max, then why are they having you treat twice as long? Because on Max, the mm-hmm. actual effective period is the first three days. Mm-hmm. The next four days are just for the bees to get over it and be not as mad. So mm-hmm. what's the point of leaving it in there if it's truly the same thing? Now, my guess is that it's not. But mm-hmm. why would you leave it in there for 14 days if the first three days is the effective period and then afterwards it's a dried chunk of stuff? You know, like mm-hmm. it, it's kind of an odd thing on that. So I'll, I'll need to look into that. But when I was giving the, the discussion and I was saying put it in there and I've actually given some of the listeners some advice that have sent stuff in and I said I use it for seven days on a top bar. I just use one strip. And it is below the comb instead of above, and the gases do fall. Yeah, I put some but most of our top bars are really kind of the depth of a uh, little bit. They're they're shallower than a deep, and they're maybe just a tiny bit deeper than a medium. So you're not dealing with this huge cavity that has volume that goes way down. You're yeah. dealing with a very small enclosed space, and there right. is nowhere to go up. Yeah, you can't put it on top yeah. of them because they ain't gonna go down. Well, we do. We do have one listener who's currently going out there, um, and he is doing an experiment because he found online where somebody said to separate your bars an eighth of an inch all the way across and still lay the strip on top of the bar so the fumes will drop down. And then he's put some wire mesh over the top of that so the bees can't get out. And he's gonna go through and he's gonna put. Um, he's one of our patrons too, so he's he's listening to this. Um, he's gonna go through and then put plastic over the top of that to keep you know help keep the heat in and, and yeah. all that other stuff, but. 
Send us pictures. But and he's also using the one that takes 14 days for a single treatment or or plus if you want to do the two, right? Right. And at 21, if you want to do if you want to do the two, and I just do one strip and I do it below the brood Mm -hmm. in the bottom of the top bar, Mm -hmm. directly below the brood, Mm -hmm. and I leave it for the full seven days and I take it out, and that's that's all I do. And you guys heard when we were doing the the talk with Mary, you know, for the last two years, three years, my mite counts have come back as zero, and there's that's I'm not treating every single year. I'm not doing. Um, all of the stuff because there's I do integrative pest management and I do splits and I requeen and I treat when needed. But if it's not needed, I don't treat. Right. So you've got that middle ground in there. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, to segue back over to what Max was saying mm-hmm. on the whole, you know, you've got to let them grow up and you got to let them do natural. That's the same concept as Les Crowder and the same concept as be mindful. And mm-hmm. the whole point of it is to be natural and go through and let the bees do their own thing and let the bees evolve and let them adapt. Let them be. Let them be. Let okay. them be. So when you go through and you do that, there's nothing wrong with it. But you may lose the large majority of your bees. Mm-hmm. And, it you know, you may have 10 colonies and you may lose all but two. And then you breed from those survivor stocks and you go through and split from those survivor stocks. And that next year you may lose, you know, you get back up to 10 and maybe that year you only lose five. And then you go back and you rebreed from those survivor stocks and the ones that show that continued thing. And eventually you get to the point where you've got some bees that can survive better than the other ones. Right. But it's a long road down, you know, kind of a long haul down that road to get there. But here's the ultimate problem that that uh, that the individuals that Max is referring to are not taking into consideration. We did this. Bees, the the Langstroth box. The only consideration in a Langstroth box for a bee is the bee space between the frames. Everything else is designed to make it easier to remove, harvest, and maximize your honey production. A top bar is closer to a fallen log than, uh, you know, some of the other hives. And so it does mimic one of the natural environments that a bee could live in. Mm -hmm. And my top bars a lot of times end up doing better than my Langstroth hives when it comes to pests and management and disease and stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But ultimately a tree cavity that they would normally be in or a cavity in a cave, Mm -hmm. they've got substrate in the bottom of them. They've got thicker insulation on the walls. The way that the moisture and the humidity moves throughout the colony, the way that the colony adapts and moves is all radically different than when we put them into these man-made containers. And if it's in a man-made container, you have put the bee in an artificial space that they would never be in on their own accord. And then you introduce a foreign parasite that they've never had to deal with and expect them to survive. You're setting them up for failure. And that's one of the things where some of those camps that are out there that are like, oh, don't ever treat them. If they die, they should have died anyway. That's just nature, you know, selection, survival of the fittest. Well, mm, if that's if you want to 100 percent be that way, then you need to put your bees back into a damn tree mm-hmm. and, you know, figure out how to make that work. Cut the logs six foot long or put cut doors in there so you open them up and it hangs all the way to the bottom. I've seen no pictures of those. You know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? Um, I'm going to, Jorge and I were talking about this for some of the, the spring stuff this year that we're going to do, but I'm going to um, do one of Sam Comfort's style of hives. They call it the Comfort Hive. Mm-hmm. And it is... Southern Comfort Hive? Not a Southern Comfort Hive. Oh. <laughs> but Sam Comfort's an individual that is... Uh, Kind of like Tucka from Tucka B, where they they go back and forth, and they actually are in the same school of thought and mm-hmm. actually have worked together with stuff. But it goes back to the he's in Florida during the winter, and he's in New York during the summer, and he goes back and forth between the two and runs two different mm-hmm. bee yards there. And Tucka mm-hmm. does the same thing. And when they're in that 
process, his hive is a modified worry hive. So instead of having the, the, the slats or the bars mm-hmm. like a worry would, it has small skewers that the bees build. Oh, yeah, I read about that. And it's in a very shallow box and Mm -hmm. it's in a square box. And Mm -hmm. what it does is it mimics the hollow of a tree cavity. Mm -hmm. And they're also thicker wood, but they're smaller. So they're easier for us to pick up. They're not. And also the the, the skewers are really good if you want to uh, make shish kebab. I was going to say barbecue's coming into this somewhere. I just knew it. (laughs) So we're going to go through and and we're going to try that this year. Mm -hmm. We're going to put the bees inside this type of type of container. And we're going to go through and build it up and see what actually happens, because that's closer to nature than what any of the other things are. Like our our, our top bar is closest to the fallen log kind mm-hmm. of scenario. But it's unless you build them the way that Les Crowder is currently building them, which is the two inch thick wood, mm-hmm. then it's actually really good. Now, here, let me tell you this, folks, mm-hmm. real quick. Les does everything um, literally inexpensive well that yes that's the key to it mm-hmm. but it's all to serve a purpose right so it'd be inexpensive <laughs> but it's all to serve a purpose for less mm-hmm. so it'd so, be inexpensive well okay let's go let's, stop, <laughs> let's let's go back and look at this less starts building top bar hives okay and originally they were barrels and then some other things because it was what was around like a you said five gallon barrel inexpensive right yeah. he had like 25 inch bars on him or 26 inch bars on him and a huge cone but that's really heavy and it can break and all this other stuff but when he decided he wanted to do, he wanted to try his hand in the pollination route, mm-hmm. he then turns around and he says, okay, well, I'm going to put hives in the back of my truck. So that means that my top bar hive needs to fit between the wheel wells of my truck. So now the hives became shorter. They became like that four foot long or the 44 to 46 inches, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. Right? Yeah. And then also the bar length was like, well, if I made the top bars 19 inches, they would fit inside of a Langstroth nuke or a Langstroth box. If I had to transport just frames temporarily, I could use one of the nuke boxes and put them in there, put the lid on it and take it. So the frame size or the bar size shrank down to accommodate this other need. When those two things happened and you get that narrower or well, the shorter bar, it changed the internal dimensions of a top bar, which already is shaped like half of a hexagon. Mm -hmm. And it became 120 degree angle on the inner part of that, which is the actual inner degrees of a hexagon. So it was all, I don't know if you want to say kismet or if you want to say serendipitous, right? It all came together, but it was out of happenstance. The other thing is when you go to do almond pollination or you go to do a migratory pollination route of any kind, you're getting paid per colony. Mm -hmm. Well, one four foot long top bar hive is one colony Mm -hmm. and you can only fit so many of those in the truck. Let's say you take the legs off of them, which he did. And he he lays them in the bed of the truck, and let's say that he can crossways probably. Uh, well, long, no, no, they have to go. They have to go from side to side of the oh, truck yeah, because, because of the yeah, direction of the cone. Right. If you put them in long ways, yeah, the, yeah, you, you slam on the brakes yeah. of the gas, and the cone breaks. So you, yeah. you turn it so the comb is facing the direction the mm-hmm. the, the comb is attached and running yeah. the direction that the vehicle's mm-hmm. running. So let's say that he can get four in the in the bottom of the truck, and then mm-hmm. he can stack four more on top of that, and maybe four more on top of that, and strap them all down. Mm-hmm. Well. That ends up only being 12 hives. But if he divides each of those four foot hives into two two foot hives in the same box, now each box is double the value because it's got two separate colonies in it. And so and those colonies have less space and less space means they're more likely to swarm because they're going to get congested quicker, which means he's going to produce more bees and he can grow more colonies. That's that is all the process of how some of his stuff worked. It was out of necessity for what he needed to do. Right. But it all worked out perfectly for him and his scenario now move down the road 
he gets down here, he's going to start building other hives, doesn't necessarily have like the scrap and all the other stuff that he was going to do like he's done in the past, right. but he's also building them for other people. Mm -hmm. If you go into the hardware store and you or the lumber store and you buy the same lumber that I use for just my one quote unquote buys. budget hive, yeah. one board, mm -hmm. and I, I'm sorry guys, I'm, I did not look all this up so there's not any conversion here, but just as a hypothetical to listen, one inch by 12 inches, mm -hmm. so one inch thick by 12 inches mm -hmm. wide, by 12 foot long, mm -hmm. is now up to 32 to Every 36 bucks yeah, for one board, yep. mm -hmm. and you're going to need a minimum of two of those just to build the body and the bars and the end caps. So that's mm -hmm. not counting the lid. It's not counting the legs, right? So you're looking at $64 just for the Just box. for the body in the And that's the not frames. your time. No, no, no. That's nothing that's like not that. That's not screws. No, nothing like that. Yeah, that's just the board. And then you turn around and you add in all this other stuff. Raw material-wise, to build that one-inch thick, thin hive body that's lighter and way easier to move on your own, mm -hmm. you're going to end up right around the $80 to $100 mark, mm -hmm. $80 to $100 by the time you put all the other stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Now, turn around and go and get two-by. So you increase the <laughs> thickness. You double the thickness. If you do a two-by... 12 by 12, so 2 inches by 12 inches by 12 foot, guess how much that board is? Half that. Six bucks. Six dollars and 83 cents for that one board. That's a fraction. Mm -hmm. So for all-inclusive, 35 to 40 bucks, absolute maximum, if you wanted to have kind of a cool top and legs and all this other stuff, that's how much it costs you. If you've already bought boxes of bolts and screws and nuts and, and you've already got the glue and you don't have to buy any of that stuff, mm -hmm. you're you're looking at like $25 will build you a top bar hive. Easily. Now, if you take that same thickness of wood and you do the comfort hive and you build those square boxes and they're only 13 by 13 and then like six inches deep, mm -hmm. <laughs> you can build either multiple smaller box setups or one towering setup for the price of like one or two of those boards. So for like 12 bucks, you can build a hive. And then, and that's counting. You get, there's some, there's, there's a whole other process that goes into this and we can explain this later, but like there's a Reflectex um, heat screen that you can put in there for the top part of it. And you use like a tile for the lid and you use skewers, uh, not wooden ones, but bamboo skewers in there for the, the bars, quote unquote. But yeah, so that's where a lot of the things that less does comes into play is because it is, it is economic or it is more feasible or it's more readily available. So if he can buy the bigger chunk of wood, he can build this hive that's the same dimensions, he but it's thick and heavy. Well, that's exactly. I can't pick no. some of those suckers up. Empty with nothing in them, no legs. Yeah. It's still a hoist ugh, to get yeah. it up off there. Um, but that's where a lot of that comes into play, right? Mm -hmm. And so you go through and you look at some of the things and the changes that we've made. His hive is going to be better because it is going to be thicker, thicker mm -hmm. which is going to provide more insulation. And I did another video that I posted out there for everybody and I posted it on this one was just for you guys on Patreon, but I showed you guys what I was talking about about rotating those combs in the top bar. Mm -hmm. The one hive that I got from Les, just the hive body that we installed uh some bees from a removal in, that colony had 5 6. They had 6 bars of brood right at the very front. And then like nine bars of capped honey after that. Already. Still. Not already. Still. Because it, because it was warmer. It Well, just all the way around, that colony had way more food than everybody else. Like, I actually need to go and harvest combs of honey out of there 
because they got way too much as it is. But I still went ahead and re like reversed everything around, but it's in that thicker hive. Are you doing the top bars as two buys also? Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you build it, you do the exact same concept. And and for, for you guys out there that have actually signed up for the Bee Academy, I swear, the video is coming. I will actually show you guys on two-inch lumber how to build this top bar hive yeah, that we're talking gonna about. He's going to build mine, or we're going to build mine, maybe two. So, yeah, he'll video it. <laughs> <laughs> I got everything to do. It Plenty with. of opportunities, um, but yeah, so it is out there for everybody to to kind of go check out and see. So it's uh, it's just again some of these things that we've done have been for our own convenience or necessity or what we're trying to get. No matter what, though, it's not the natural thing the bees would be in. And you could turn around and you could be like, oh, but they, you know, you guys just took a, a colony out of a water meter box. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not a natural thing, and they were in there. But you know what's on the bottom of that water meter box? Dirt. Dirt. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, oh, well, well and we it's got, underground, too. Yeah. So it's well insulated yeah. and, and, and they're they're doing what they want. Um, now you go and you look at some of the other. Oh, yeah. But, you know, we take bees out of owl boxes and we take bees out of this. Well, what's in the bottom of an owl box? Manure. No. Well, there may be bird poop in there, but there's there's substrate. There's nesting material oh, yeah. in there. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, it doesn't matter if like the owls live there one year and then squirrels <laughs> move in. They pack crap in the bottom of it. Yeah, they did. The tree cavity is the same way as pieces from the comb mm -hmm. fall. It's down in there. And I have seen and I don't know how I, I don't know if I agree with this or not, but I have seen a style out there online where they talked about doing a top bar, building it building a tray in the bottom of it and filling that tray with dirt and then you've got a wire screen over the top of that so you have this natural biome going on inside there but for me here and us mm -hmm. we have the hive beetles and i look at that as that is a perfect place for the hive beetle larvas to get up in there lay their eggs the eggs then drop into the dirt and they can pupate right inside the hive and then go right back to it i don't know if that's great but if you think about it in nature that's how it's going to be in nature anyway. And a lot of times in the tree cavities, when you do have all of this, like there's the the wood from the tree that's rotted and fall down in there. There's um, debris from other pests and, and bugs and critters inside there. And it's all filling up the bottom of that cavity that they're in. And then any of the pieces of the wax that fall down in there are in that cavity as well. Well, guess what? Your wax moths and your hive beetles are down there eating mm -hmm. stuff. They're not up in your comb. True. The bees keep them out of the comb, right? But still, there's this natural thing going on. So we're actually, um, it'll be on the main segment somewhere down the road, but we are going to do a bee-centric episode, which is everything from the bees' point of view and what the bees want and what is the most natural approaches to beekeeping. We'll, we'll do an episode like that, but... I'm going to be building one next week. Building what? two for a two inch for top bar oh just just because of this or you yeah, already were just because of this because we took that one colony out of the meter box we put it in a top bar hive now we got to grow it out to to where we can put it in a bigger hive so by the time it's oh big enough i will have that top bar finished <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah um yeah so it, i mean it is it's kind of interesting all the way around on how some of these things play out, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not... Oh, speaking of interesting and play out, have you got my flow hive ready yet? No. Oh, okay. Um, I almost started the. I almost started it on when or on on uh, Thursday or Friday this week. Okay. Um, but we've had several of our listeners on here make jokes about the uh, time lapse videos that we did that showed me like going through and I was talking all fast with my hands. They wanted to know if uh, when I build it, if I was one going to record it so they could see and two, if it was going to be time lapse so they could see me be like, like all fast. Um, 
so that's probably what's going to occur is uh, I've, I've, I've held off on that one so that, again, it can be another video project. If we do the time lapse, though, I can kind of do those no matter what, because it doesn't matter what the background noise is. doesn't matter if it's windy. doesn't matter all this other stuff because you don't have sound in the time lapse. Yeah, so there, there's, no, there's no sound in it. It doesn't record sound at all in time lapse. In, in, in the, this is not talking time lapse with your phone. This is a big professional yeah. video camera. But yeah. um, so I can do the time lapse video, put your flow hive together and show that. And we'll put that out there for everybody to see. Um, the other thing, though, on the building the video for the top bar, mm -hmm. like we've got all the stuff, all the pre cuts are made. It's ready to go. But I've got to be able to talk and narrate in it without all the noise and all the other stuff. And, and that means that I need to be not in the garage or not in the shop. I need to be outside so that it doesn't have that tin can echo. So you're going to have to use three inch screws on that. Oh man. Okay. So yes, um, I have regularly it's like building a deck kind of, I usually do the two inchers on yeah, the regular why? hive. Yeah. Right. Why? And then on this one, when I was looking at it, I was like, well, if it's two here and it's two here, which is really one and a half and one and a half, it comes out to three. And in my brain, I was thinking, well, I should probably get four inch screws, which was dumb because. No, three inch work. Well, the screws that I get only have the threads on the last tip and then the rest of it's smooth. Those are the type that I use for to attach the legs to the body. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I had to go take those back and switch them. Now on. Let me think here a second. Huh? I had the cure for cancer and it just went away. Sorry. That's, I had an old fart moment. Yeah, y y Yes, young man in the back. Okay. Uh, now <laughs> on uh, bees. That's what we're talking about today. Uh, on, on the guys that say they sell pure corneolan queens or pure scratch queens, how do they know? So the only way to 100% absolutely know that is if you're doing artificial insemination. You can do that? Yes, you can. I've actually seriously considered that there is an entire kit that you can get, and it is it's quite the thing, but you could go through and you could get this apparatus and you actually catch the Virgin Queen and you put her in this little holder and you gas her so that she's kind of like going through a surgical procedure. She's a little out of it and a little asleep. And there's these tiny little prongs that come down and they open up the back end of her. And then you go through and you, you when you go through, <laughs> like when the drone mates, yeah. the drone dies. Yeah. Well, you actually pop the drone. Mm -hmm. You squeeze his tummy and it causes everything to pop just like as if he would have mated. And then you siphon off all of the genetic material mm -hmm. that was there. I'm being PC for our younger listeners yes, like this out there. Yeah. And uh, you go through and you take that material and then you mix it up and you need to have a good mixture. Like you're you're looking at 30 plus mixture of drones in there. You mix that up. Make sure they're all corneolan drones. Well, yeah, you could go through and you get the specific line of drones that you want, right? Mm -hmm. And you can go through and artificially inseminate the queen, and then you have a queen that is a pure blood queen. Those queens are usually used for breeding. Um, they're like queens that you use to produce other queens off of sort of things. Mm -hmm. Those breeder queens can go for hundreds of dollars a queen now, versus when, like the 35. you have the Gen, gen 2s. Yeah, my open mated queens. Right, right. You can't guarantee crap on that. No, but they're but they're a carniolan queen that flew. Yep. And she bred with the with the the drones in the air. Yeah. And she comes back, and she could have well, she could have anything. Okay. Well, she's mated. She's mated with. So we do it in town. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is we're taking a fuel a full blood queen. Mm -hmm. 
and we're then breeding off of that queen. Mm -hmm. So we're doing like the breeder queen scenario mm -hmm. where we're going through and we're grafting off of her and we're raising queens that are all going to be her genetic profile. Mm -hmm. But then those queens go out and they mate and they're open mated. So we're not controlling what they're mating with. And mm -hmm. you don't get that pure blood at the end of it, which is why I then call it the second gen. Yeah. But she goes off and we're doing it in town. So let's say that mm, the colonies that I manage, you know, about a mile from the house, mm -hmm. there's one over there that's a pure Russian colony. Mm -hmm. And then there's one over in the other direction that's got one of the Russian Carniolan queens in it. Mm -hmm. But then let's say that there's a feral colony that I know of that's a couple of blocks away from me in a tree. And they're raising um, basically redheaded mutts because it's a feral colony. We don't mm -hmm. know where it came from. So we're just going to assume it's feral genetics. And then there's another lady down the street, hypothetically, that has a pure Italian queen because that's what she, you know, all the books say, get your Italians. Mm -hmm. So the drones that my queen can end up mating with can be all of those things. And so she's going to have this just big melting pot of genetics that she goes out there and mates with. And then she comes back in and it actually makes the colony more biodiverse and it, it gives you more skill sets and makes the colony stronger in the long run. But there is no way to control it. Even on, and this is something that Mary talked about this. Mm -hmm. And Mary has to be very PC with what Mary can and cannot say. And one of the things is like, we do have queen breeders down here. And the queen breeders flood the drone congregation areas, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's have a hypothetical scenario. Let's say that a mile to two miles from each other, mm -hmm. there are two queen breeding operations. Mm -hmm. One queen breeding operation is all completely treatment free. And they don't do any types of treatments and they're raising bees that are, they're like varroa sensitive hygienic and they go through and you know they're, they're just very well adapted at taking care of varroa mites on their mm -hmm. own accord because they're never treated and that's what they've bred for. Mm -hmm. Two miles in the other direction is another queen breeder equal size and they raise bees but their bees are all treated with synthetic chemicals mm -hmm. so they don't ever have to learn how to deal with the mites because of that right well when you raise a queen if you're a queen breeder you have to flood the drone congregation areas which means you need to strategically know where colonies need to be placed to produce tons of drones so those drones will fly in the right direction to go and flood a specific congregation area. And not all the drones go to the same spot. Some of them go to different areas, but, you know, kind of the same. It's all geometry and geography and math, right? Mm -hmm. So you figure that out. And what they do is they, they have one queen that they really love the mother traits of, and they've got another queen that they really love the traits of. They will dedicate these queens over here to just raising drones. And they do that by putting in a lot of drone comb and forcing them to raise tons of drones. Mm -hmm. And then this other queen, they're grafting off of her to raise all the queens from. And they put all those colonies out there for the drones in an area so that that drone congregation area will intersect with the queens that they're mating from the other area. And that's how they're, quote unquote, flooding the drone congregation area. And you heard Mary say that they flood yeah. the drone congregation area in an effort to increase the chances that all the drones that their bees mate with are their drones or of a lineage that they want. Right. Well, in the scenario that I gave you where you've got two queen breeders just right almost side by side in a geographical area, how can you guarantee that the drones over here from the colonies that are always treated are not half and half mating with the queens from over here that are never treated. And then you're telling me that your drone genetics or your, your bee genetics are 100% pure and they're, hy they're, they're hygienic and they do all these great things, but you can't control 
that that other operation over there, that their drones aren't, you know, messing with your bloodline and getting in there. You, do you understand? Oh, yeah, I understand. That's a literal scenario. But anyhow, yeah, so you do run into some scenarios like that where you, you can't control it. And, and the only way that it 100% can be controlled is either if you're in an isolated area, like say you live in Hawaii, mm -hmm. and you've got a very isolated ecosystem that you know all of the bees there are just this one thing. Like, mm -hmm. there are not Africanized bees there, so you know if you open mate, you're never going to get that genetic profile in there. And if you're on a small island and you're the only beekeeper there and all the bees are there because you brought them there, then you know all of those genetics are going to be your genetics. Otherwise, if you're in, like, a major connected continual continent-type area, like the United States, um, if it's contiguous and there's not water separating you off then you don't know, but you can up your chances and you can have, you know, 75, 80, 85, 90% chance that most of the drones are the drones you want in there, mm -hmm. but there's still going to be some genetics that sneak oh, in, yeah. right, well, from time yeah, to time. And yeah, that's probably a good thing because when you're raising beef, uh, it doesn't hurt to have Angus Hereford cross because that is a better beef producer or makes better beef than a straight Hereford or a straight Angus. So that's not a bad thing. No. And it's called it, a hybrid. It also, it adds the biodiversity, though. Yeah. And and what you're looking at inside your colony is you want a good chunk of them that are really good at being hygienic and grooming, but you mm -hmm. want another chunk of them that are really good at making propolis and another chunk that's really good at defending and guarding. Mm -hmm. And you need all of that in there so that they can specialize in what they do. And it actually makes the colony able to kind of sustain itself better and make it through different things. So. Ultimately, it's it's not a bad thing, but the only way to 100% guarantee is if you do the artificial semination. Artificial semination. Yeah. John's studying something now. That's uh, a removal. No. Well, I got two removals I got to do. Does you and Jorge need to get warmed up for this year? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I got a. I uh, have uh, I have added. Uh, we have not got to start doing anything yet, but I have added one person to our uh, removal roster for mm -hmm. the year. Mm -hmm. Natalie. Miss Natalie from being in here on the show with us. Our okay. our lovely redhead French accent, Natalie. I She's, don't know uh, her, but yeah. You didn't, that, yeah, you didn't was, get to meet her. That was when you were in yeah. the hospital. Yeah, so you didn't get to actually meet her. But um, she's going to be helping us out with some of our removal stuff this year. Uh, her and Les Crowder and I have some things that we are working on. Um, future projects that uh, I have absolutely no idea on timeline for, but we are working on some things that will be good. Um, and in addition to that, we're going to kind of start helping each other out in some other areas. And one of those is she wants to come and help do some of the removals and get some of that experience and training and stuff, because we do some really in-depth, serious, crazy things. And so she wants to kind of be a part of that. Also fun little news, little odd tidbit. Um, go out, Go out to Amazon. We're going to give a free plug real quick for, for this. Go out to Amazon and look up Charlie B. Co. Like Charlie B-E-E-C-O. Charlie B. Co. There should be a pilot episode of Charlie B. Co. Charlie Agar is a gentleman who I actually taught him how to do his first bee removal. Mm -hmm. And he, as a profession, he mm -hmm. does videography and, and video production. And he ended up coming up with the idea for a, CV, a TV series mm -hmm based on bee removals and last year that would probably work well last year 
they did the pilot episode of it and they they floated it around to many different of the Netflix. competitions and things like that. And it ended up winning awards and winning top spots at a lot of these different show competitions. And then it got picked up initially by PBS and they had to go through and get the funding and the backing and all that stuff. And then they put out the pilot. They now have the green light to go forward and do the first full season of it. And they're going to start filming it this year. And he reached out and said that they would like uh, Wicked Bee Removal to be at least featured on one of those episodes to go through and kind of team up and do it in collaboration. So, with each other. so Wicked Bee Removal goes help him. He's going to come on here and be on our show. Uh, yeah, actually. So I already had thought about part of that. Um, the, the way they want to have it set up is like if we find something that is really unique or interesting, which like last year, or the year before would have been perfect for this because we had really crazy stuff like the three story church and the historic building downtown, like just really out there off the wall things you don't come across every day. Um, or the one where I told the lady that uh, her only option was to burn her house down. That probably would have been great for TV. Um, <laughs> You're going to have to burn your house down. We don't like it. Well, uh, what kind of guarantee can I get? They'll never come back in. Do you got a match? Um, <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah. But she had six colonies in her house. Like literally every corner of her house had a colony in it. So there, there was a reason for that. But something like that would have been perfect for the show. This year, you know, we're just getting up and going. I have no idea what it's going to end up being. But he wants to have the concept of... Of we get this thing, we reach out to him and say, hey, Charlie, I got this really weird one, man. Do you guys think you could come help out? And then the whole film crew comes along and, you know, we, we go through the process. I got the place. Uh-oh. It's in San Angelo. This guy's got eight colonies in a house. He, he don't give a damn. We can tear it completely apart because he's just going to burn it. He don't want to burn the bees. Well, I'll float that by Charlie and see see what he says, um, because that could be, you know, one of those where it is like crazy. I mean, we can tear um, it completely down. Now, the only thing, though, that I'm a little bit trigger shy on mm -hmm. is that this is TV, right? Mm -hmm. Which means regardless if there is or is not any, mm -hmm. there will be drama because well, it's TV. Well, of course, always, it's got to right? be. Yeah. So if it's a house that nobody is living inside of, even though there's eight colonies, that's that's pretty impressive. I don't know if the if the show is going to be like, let's do that one, you know, or if they do it, they will invent something like for heaven forbid, we may burn down a freaking house. Um, not literally, but again, it's yeah. TV. So I have no idea what this is going to end up evolving into and looking like, but that's the concept. And then what we will do is exactly what you said. Once it gets closer to that yeah. first season being released, we'll have Charlie come on the show and Charlie can do an interview on the main segment with everybody. Talk about his self, how he got started, talk about the the series, and then that can be a good jumping point for them um, to kind of, you know, all of our listeners can hear it, and then they can go out and they can watch the series, and it'll just kind of help everybody out, but it'll be pretty cool. I know where there's a Masonic Lodge that's 100, 100 years or better old. It's two stories. There's honey coming out of every wall, all four walls, top and bottom. It probably had bees in it the whole thing is a all the walls are hives i mean it's it they ain't no telling how many bees are in it but i doubt if they could do anything with it because it's an old building i don't know if and it's a masonic build i don't know yeah i don't know either it'd be interesting to see though for sure it, yeah it isn't it, yeah it is because when you go inside the uh and i'm a mason so but anyway when you go in there it uh it is uh rather unique looking at the walls and seeing honey come out of the walls usually that's a very bad thing oh yeah but uh, um i'm just saying it's like just it, we forever. when i do the 
uh, <laughs> this is so funny. I mean, it's not funny. I don't know. It's ironic, I guess. But I have been asked multiple times, and I have done multiple times a um, like a presentation on doing bee removals, mm-hmm. and I'm usually very against it. And so I'll tell them, well. I will go in there and I will do a presentation, but the very first half of it is going to be why you shouldn't be doing this and how hard it is and all the legalities you've got to go through and all the money you need you to spend. You laughed at and, me for doing that, that, that meter box. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, and how many, how many phone conversations were we, ha- did we have where yeah, I was warning you, but where I was warning but you, you, but you told Max, <laughs> well, because Max is just going to go out there. He's going to do it anyway. Well, yeah, and well, you well, are, well, you are too, though. Yeah, that's just it. But how many it. times did we have a conversation where I warned you, be careful what you're getting yourself into. Be careful mm-hmm. what you look for. Make sure that you value your time. Mm-hmm. Don't do this stuff for free. Mm-hmm. Like all the time, right? Every yeah. time you bring it up, I'm like, eh, don't do that. Mm-hmm. So, and I got two removals I got to do out of houses. Uh-huh. Well, one's a barn, one's a house. Yeah, uh, hunting cabin. You guys heard him. He said he has to do it. Yeah, I'm going. So to I'm do gonna it. hold him to it. He yeah. has to do it. Um, anyhow, well, yeah, you're not going. The the other aspect of that though is I go out there and I do these these bee removal lectures or, or presentations and it's usually about the lines of like this sucks oh. it's hard work don't do it don't you know if you do do it this is what you need to get into but never once do those presentations really go into step by step this is how you do one <laughs> what you writing down oh, I, was, I just reminded you know you said that you had a bunch of cancellations oh yeah yeah, yeah. for speaking the for the speaking events and stuff yeah. uh i had uh, jimmy houston was my uh guest this morning on the great outdoors you know who jimmy houston is the guy with the trees no well yeah the yeah the nuts <laughs> uh pecan trees uh very well-renowned bass fisherman that has got like hell i don't know 10 or 12 television shows very well known he told me he says ken this has cost me five speaking engagements as of yesterday yeah that's that was us um it it started one of them was a church God, what was it like i want to say it started on thursday what was the day that i was talking to you when i said i think it was thursday wasn't it because yeah, you guys were going to do the removal the next day yeah, we did. and you were telling Friday. me that your your packages you've got two of your first set of packages coming in this weekend yes not, not next well, weekend Oh, when they listen weekend. to this, this it'll weekend. be in, in a couple yeah, days. This yeah. weekend, yeah. Um, so we were having that conversation, and I told you, I said, well, they're in talks about what they're going to do moving forward, and I don't know. And then that night at like 10 o'clock, we got the message. It was canceled. The next morning, another thing was canceled. The next day, another thing was canceled. And I was like, oh, crap. I mean, just bam, bam, bam. In the course of two days, we lost, you know, basically the rest of March for anything that we had planned to do. Well, think, you know, and you think at that, basketball games. How the hell are you going to play basketball with nobody in the stadium? Just like you play street basketball. I mean, you know, they play basketball all the time. They Ain't nobody there. They did basketball. It's just not going to be. For the, the TV. Yeah, it's just not going to be the same. But the TV is still there. You're well, just not going to have shots of the audience, right? And ain't going to be nobody hollering. Hey, did you see that duck? Yeah. Why can't they holler? Because there's nobody there. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, but you know, this is getting kind of weird. That's all I'll say. Well, how about round arounds? You know what a round around is? No. Round around are NASCAR races because they go round and round. They only need to turn left. Do you know that? <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> they only turn left. Oh my God! Oh my God! They're going to turn left. Oh, I bet I know what's coming up. They're going to turn left. <laughs> pretty much. Here they go. They get it. Turn left turn. again. Yeah, my dad loved NASCAR. Yeah. Um, his favorite thing though was Formula One, but he loved NASCAR. But you know, it's nobody's there. What the hell do you do it? Oh, he just had a wreck. Nobody said, oh. <laughs> I mean, think about it. All the all us rednecks are going to be at home watching it on TV. Well, I mean, instead of being there in your lawn chair with your beer, you're just going to be at home in your lawn chair with your beer. It's the same thing. That's a country and western song. I'm at home with my beer in my lawn chair, watching NASCAR on TV because they wouldn't sell me a damn ticket. I thought you were gonna go because there's no one there. <laughs> Pretty much. But anyway, that's a, that's beside the point. That is beside the point. But hey, I mean that's uh, it could be interesting to see what happens and how everything ends up going. So. Only time will tell. Now, I got a swarm of bees. We don't know if it's got a queen. And John's telling me how to fix it. And I'm going to have to go look at it Monday and then see if there, we can find a queen. If we can't find a queen, maybe she laid eggs. And if she didn't lay eggs, I'm going to bring a top bar over from one of my other top bars uh, and put it in there. And hopefully it'll raise that and out. And then if... Uh, if uh, uh, we have a queen and she and there's a queen in there. We're gonna have a queen fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just like the good old chicken fights of old, we'll have a queen fight. Queen fight. We'll video it and sell tickets. No, I'm kidding. We won't. We won't actually do that. Um, no, that uh, if so. Basically, though, if there is a queen in there, then there won't be a queen fight. And if you do put the because they won't raise the new queens. Why right. there won't be a queen fight. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you do put the comb in there and you go through and you do, uh, you put the comb in there we'll and they put do, the comb in there. they start raising a new queen. Right. Um, then we know there's not a queen. Yeah, and you want to go through there. And then, then you go back to that principle that I was telling you. Pick the two largest, yeah. leave those, and call everything else out. And that's because you don't, in this case, they're tiny, so they're not going to do yeah. it. But you don't want the instance of potential like after swarms and stuff yeah. if you're doing a main colony. You'd go through and take the rest of that That's stuff out of there. That's what we did to the trailer hive, what you did to yeah, the trailer hive. I took everything out of it. And, and now that trailer hive raised a hell of a queen. That's all I can say. Hopefully. But, she, well, no, she well, was well, the one. She was having problems. Well, she had problems? Yeah, the trailer hive and that other well, uh, removal her. hive you got. Yeah, the, the, um, yeah, the other one had. They, they were both having issues. Mm -hmm. So we'll see when I come out there next week to do the packages okay. what that actually looks like. Oh, so. you can't. When you see where we did pack, we're going to have to shoot video. It we will like, be. We'll be recording. It's, it's like a park down there. And then I've got all the Easter eggs colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all your, your pretty pastels. Yeah, well, all my pastels. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, I got them, yeah. we'll do video of it for sure. We'll go out there and we'll do video of and everything. I've got 11 brood, eight frame brood boxes out there where you can look at them underneath the green trees and the and the beautiful green grass that's growing and by then the blue bonnets will be blooming and the paintbrushes will be blooming oh <laughs> i'm telling you when i was out there last time and i took some of those pictures out there it's just gorgeous no it's gorgeous i mean that the grass was just barely coming up so everything had a blanket of this emerald green mm -hmm. and then you had the bays of the trees but no, it was also prim and proper and then you had the hives in the background like it was beautiful you know there. where we got the hives now you know where the road goes in front of the deer blind and goes back in there so you haven't been back in there no we haven't went underneath the blind 
Well, yeah, that's where their at's back there. Yeah, and it is just. That's what you're talking about, the uh, the brush scratching up the truck. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm going to trim that. But but it is pretty back there. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll do video because we're going to do video on on doing the packages and stuff. So we'll get that. We'll we'll have photos and we'll have video for everybody to see. Y'all, let's see why Central Texas is God's country. (laughs) Yep. So many people say that about their areas. Um, (laughs) What? did the board back here behind us. What's it say? So uh, the sports guys have this uh, dry erase board in here, and they've got a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday thing on it. And, uh, you know, it's a sports show, and they're supposed to be talking sports. And uh, they have all these different things on there. And then they're like, uh, so like Monday was, hey, we're going to talk about these things. And, and one of them was South by. And then it's like, oh, that got canceled. And then on Tuesday, it's like, okay, so we were going to talk about this, but now we're just going to talk about the question of the day, which is COVID-19. And then by Wednesday, here's all the things that are canceled so far. Thursday is here's all the things that are canceled so far. Friday is the only thing that didn't get canceled is work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody, uh, we are going to get off here and let you all get back with your lives and your week and... uh, Hopefully this coming weekend is going to be beautiful for everyone out there. If you are buried in snow, we are greatly, greatly sorry. We're not. uh, Yeah, sorry, not sorry. Sorry, we're (laughs) sorry you're there and glad we're not. Um, Anyhow, everybody out there, be safe, be strong, be healthy. Be warm. Be good. Yeah, be good. Be, Be careful. Be careful. What else? Be cautious. Be respectful of others. Yeah, and y'all, y'all be be sure to wash your hands. Don't and all fight that over toilet paper. Stuff. Yeah, don't fall, fight over toilet. Hey, you know what? Maybe they're wanting to wrap everybody else's house. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different <laughs> and on that note, y'all okay. be good. <laughs> we'll see y'all on the other side, family. Bye. Bye. This hive jive production was made possible by amazing patrons like you. And we appreciate your support. To all our Hive Jive junkies out there, you truly are the bee's knees. <laughs>